Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, June 5th. As always, we are presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karcheski, and it is just me today as Truman's at work right now. We're going to the Indians-Brewers game later. going to get down there pretty early, so we didn't have much time to bring a guest in today. So it's just me today, and when it's just me, you know, you get intro music. That's our first show with intro music. Hopefully, we can keep that up as we move along. This is our 26th episode. It took us 26 episodes, but we finally got intro music, so hopefully you liked it. But uh, we're, we're sports talk shows, so we're going to get right down to the biggest headlines today in sports. We're going to start with... Uh, the NBA Finals Game 2 was on Sunday. We haven't gotten much chance to talk about it. We really didn't even talk about Game 1. But, uh, as you know, the Warriors are now up 2 nothing over the Cavs. Uh, they're going to Cleveland right now. It's looking like it's going to be a sweep. I mean, everything, you know, every time you watch this, you think it's going to be a sweep. But I, I don't think it's going to be. I think the Cavs are going to get a win here at home. I don't think you're going to win the series. Sorry, Cavs fans. I think it's over for you guys. It's over. Um, like I said, it's 2-0 right now. I think they'll get one more at home. I think the Cavs will win one. Uh, LeBron, I can't count him out. I, I try to count him out all the time. I don't like LeBron. I don't think um, he's all that. But every time I count him out, he'll come out and score 100 points and just dominate and the Warriors are going to have an off game, I think, one of these, either game three or game four. I don't think it's going to be a sweep, but uh, we'll see what happens uh, now that it is in Cleveland. So I wanted to talk a little bit about game two. Uh, I, I, Like I said, we live in Northeast Ohio. We're surrounded by Cavs fans. Everywhere they go, there's Cavs fans. I'd say 90 to 95% of my Twitter follow, follows are Cavs fans. So I saw, I was watching the game. Of course, I had Twitter out during the game. I was reading the tweets. Cavs fans, I get it. You're outraged by these NBA refs. I mean, that's the big big complaint right now, I'd say, by Cavs fans. And I get it. I understand. That was a huge call, uh, that charge call uh, towards the end there, game one. Um, but, and then they missed a couple calls in game two. I'll admit it, that, that foul call and that outlet pass, or I guess the missed foul call and that outlet pass was ridiculous. It should have been a foul call. Uh, but it's not the whole reason why you guys are down 2-0. It's not. It's just simply not. The Warriors are just too good, and the Cavs just all flat out, they aren't that good. The only reason I think they're in the finals, every, all Cavs fans admit this, the only reason they're in the finals is because LeBron, and LeBron's exhausted. He can't take it anymore. These role players just aren't good enough to win you guys an NBA championship game. And I just, I don't see it getting any better. Kevin Love's really your only hope right now, but even him playing at his best is not enough. Uh, LeBron's exhausted. You're not going to, I don't think you'll get another 50 point game out of him. Don't quote me on that because he has LeBron, but you're not going to get, uh, 30 points a game from one of these role players. But I think, you look at the other side with the Warriors, there's players who step up every single night for them. And every single night, you got players like JaVel McGee, uh, Sean Livingston. They come out and they play really well. Uh, and that's why I think the Warriors are the best team in the league. I think they've been the best team in the league for the last couple of years, excluding, I'd say, 2016. But without Kyrie Irving, there's just no way the Cavs beat the Warriors. And you saw it on uh, Sunday night. The Warriors are the way better team. 
than the Cavs. It's just obvious. Steph Curry is insane. I, I've never seen a better performance from him other than la- last night. He had eight three-pointers, I think. There was just some shots that he put up and they just went in. You had no clue how, but you know he knew they were going in. It was insane. Uh, like I said, the Warriors are just too good right now. And I think the biggest, I'd say, downfall of the Warriors, if there is a downfall, is that bench. You know, a lot of people hate on their bench, but their bench is good. They have a solid bench. I don't think it's that bad. You got Livingston and McGee coming off the bench. Those are two solid NBA players. Well, Javel, I guess he started the other game. He started the other day. Uh, Looney's not that bad. Uh, Nick Young's a solid role player coming off the bench, uh, giving you a couple threes here and there. Uh, this this bench is good, and it's just going to keep getting better with Game 3 with Andre Iguodala. It looks like he will be coming back for Game 3. So I I think these first two games without Iguodala was a great chance for the Cavs to steal one, uh, maybe even two, because I think Iguodala has been kind of the X factor, I guess, the past couple of years. Uh, he won the MVP in 2015 in the finals. He, he plays really tough versus LeBron. LeBron just can't stand when he's guarding him. And Iguodala is a very solid player coming off that bench. So I just think this the Warriors are getting better. It's very hard to say that a team who's you know won this many games, won two finals, I think on their way to the next three, that they can get better. But they are getting better. And Iguodala coming back is going to help them a lot. And I, let, I'm just, I just want to talk a little bit about game one uh, with J.R. Smith and that, uh, I guess, blunder towards the end there. Uh, if you didn't see it, um, I'm going to put it on the Twitter, uh, the the raw, uncutted footage of after the no shot by JR, where he walked to the bench after LeBron yelled at him. And he walked to the bench and he sat there. And he just, nobody came up to him. Nobody, you know, they were still in, they, it was overtime. It, the game wasn't over. They were tied. But nobody came up to him. LeBron didn't say one word to him after he yelled at him. Uh Nobody, not even Kevin Love, who I guess is, you know, the co-captain of that team, if you even call him a captain, because LeBron's just the leader. But nobody came up to him, and I think that's a problem. Uh, LeBron just didn't even say a word to him, and that's something that, if I'm a Cavs fan, that scares me. That angers me. You got a so-called leader like LeBron, who I get it. He's your best player. He's the best player in the world right now, and he doesn't say one word to him. You know, that's... That can't happen. If I'm a Cavs fan, I'm pissed off at LeBron for what he did. You know, you have to come up to these guys. J.R. Smith is a guy who needs a leader. He needs leadership. Uh, you know, I maybe I'm a little biased here, but when he was in New York and he won that sixth man of the year, you know, that team was full of guys. You know, they were very close. J.R. Smith was at his best. Um, and he was led, I'm going to say Melo. I think Melo was the leader of that team. And he led, you know, J.R. Smith. And I think I'm not going to sit here and say Melo's a better leader than LeBron. Because of what he's doing right now, I don't think he is. But LeBron just has to step up, I think. And it's hard to ask a guy who's exhausted to step up. But he's got to step up and be that leader. You know, you see it time and time again where the Warriors make a shot. When he drives in and misses a shot, he complains. And and then the Warriors got five-on-four ball, and they make an easy shot. And that's just because LeBron just doesn't want to play defense. And I don't know why he doesn't. Maybe it's just because he's exhausted from playing so much offense and carrying the load of this team for the entire playoffs. But I think their time is over. I think he's going to leave. I don't think he can stand another year here without a, a superstar playing next to him. Kevin Love is just not what he used to be. Um, 
and Kyrie Irving leaving hurt a lot. I don't think LeBron wanted to get rid of Kyrie, and it just hurts a lot. And this Warriors team, I mean, I'll admit it. I was pissed off when you know the Warriors and the Cavs won again. I really didn't want to see them going to a fourth final. But, I mean, every game I watch, you know, game one, game two, I just, I love it. I find myself really excited to watch another Warriors-Cavs game. These are the two best teams from their respective conferences right now. Uh, Now you ask me that next year, I'd say, no, I think the Celtics are way better than the Cavs next year uh, with Gordon Hayward and Kyrie. But these are the two best teams. Cavs are the best team from the East, and the Warriors are the best team from the West. And watching them go head-to-head each night is just amazing. You know, over these past four years, as weird as it sounds, you know, these – this is kind of something we're used to, you know, but it's so exciting because these teams have so much history and so much uh, blood, bad blood between all of them. You know, Draymond Green, Tristan Thompson, LeBron, Steph, you know, all these guys, they're coming household names in June. Every June we turn on our TV and we get to watch, you know, these guys battle over and over again. And it's just so exciting every single time. And, uh, I'm excited to watch game three. It's going to be on Wednesday. I said, I think this could be a game. I see the, the uh, Cavs stealing, uh, restoring some hope back into the Cavs fan base. I know last year they did that, um, but the Warriors are just too good. They're too good. Um, Steph Curry, I think deserves the MVP of this finals. If they win that came through that game too. I'm watching some of the highlights right now. It's on the TV was just insane. He drilled shot after shot after shot. And that, you know, that game, the Warriors were near perfect in the first quarter and it was still close. But I, you know, there was never doubt in my mind that the Warriors were going to win that game. I think the Warriors were kind of in control that entire game. Uh, They went up towards the end. But, you know, when they come out and JaVel McGee dunks on you, you know, the first play of the game, it's all downhill from there. but we'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, even David West made a three. But we'll see what happens. I think they take game three. I think the Cavs take game three or four. But I think this series ultimately ends up, ends in five. Warriors, you know, they take that third straight championship. Not straight. Uh, that third championship, third in four years. But it's just, you know, it's exciting series to watch. But you know that the Cavs are going to lose. They've given up, I think. LeBron's given up. And we'll see what happens. But I think it's over. So we got another story in basketball. It's not really a story. Uh, we put it on the outline today because it was front page on ESPN, which was uh, Carmelo Anthony and Steven Adams. Steven Adams got caught on Instagram. Caught, I guess. He liked to comment, an anti-Melo comment. Uh, it was a post. I forget who posted it, but it was a post about the Thunder. Uh, all the starting five of the Thunder was on there. And then somebody commented, like, you take Melo out of that picture, and it's actually a good lineup. You know, and Steven Adams liked it. I don't really think this is a story. Obviously, Melo, near and dear to my heart, he's not the player he used to be. Uh, I think he would be better suited coming off the bench somewhere, being a six man, which is crazy to see, crazy to, you know, say. But, you know, his career, he's just past his prime. I understand that. I still think he's good. I still think he can provide some solid minutes off the bench. And, I don't know where that's going to be. I think it's going to be in Oklahoma City next year, but I can't say that for sure. But uh, I think he would enjoy coming off the bench once he gets used to it. Um, but he's not going to give up that starting role easily. But in between with Steven Adams and Carmelo, it's not 
I don't think this is really a story. It, he could have accidentally liked it. You don't know. You don't really know online. I hate when stories like this come out because most of them just turn out to be true. Most of them go away. This will go away in a day or two. So I'm not really going to talk about it that much. But if it does, something does come up again, we will talk about it. But I, right now, I don't think it's a big deal. So we're going to move now to the other finals, the NHL Stanley Cup. Not big hockey guy, but this is an exciting Stanley Cup series. Uh, last night, just a dismantling loss for the Vegas Knights. Uh, now it's, I think it's 3-1 caps right now. It was 6-2 to two last night. Uh, the Capitals took the game, took game four. Uh, I, but I'm not going to say, even if it is 3-1, I'm not going to say it's over. The Vegas Knights have been proving people wrong the entire year. Uh, even after that dismantling last night, it was three, nothing after the first period ended up being six, two, this team, um, in Washington is used to choking. Everybody knows that they've choked the last couple years in the playoffs. This is the biggest moment they've ever been in. You know, they have it. They can just easily put it away next game. Um, but I don't, I could see, um, the Capitals giving it up. You know, they lose a game, they lose game five. Next is three two. They lose game six three three, and then you go to game seven. Anything can happen, you know. Um, Vegas is really good. There's not experience, but this is a team that can surprise you. They've been surprising us the entire year. I could see uh, Vegas kind of shocking um, the world here, have, as they have done um, the entire season, and coming back from three one and winning this. So I think the Capitals are going to win. I think Caps win and. I'm going to say six. I think the Vegas gets game game five. So I think six is a fair bet. Uh, I think the Capitals win. But I'm not going to say it's over. Just like, just like in the NBA. I'm not going to count LeBron out. And I'm not going to count out the fact that the Capitals can choke. Because they have before. And it wouldn't surprise me if they do it again. All right? So we're going to move now to baseball. But before that, I wanted to remind you that our show is brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's has been providing professional landscaping to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Are you tired of being dragged around by bigger landscaping companies? Yes. Turn to A's and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. Trust A's for all your landscaping needs and you will not be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.a's at gmail.com. Turn to A's for all your needs and trust me, guys, he's a great guy. Andrew runs the business. He's the A in A's Lawn Service. Uh, he's a great guy. We've been we've been friends with him, me and Truman, for the last couple of years. He's a really great guy. We played football with him. Um, and he started this lawn company a couple years ago and it's just, you know, he works really hard at it. He's got a lot of his friends working with him. Uh, it's a bunch of guys, you know, getting ready for college, trying to save up money for college. Uh, you know, they put a, they put a, a small town, small company feel touch on your lawn, but they use professional equipment. So you got, you get that look that you, you, you want, um, for your lawn, but you get, the pride coming knowing that you're supporting a small company like A's Lawn Service. So A's Lawn Service, LLC, you grow it, we cut it. So moving now to baseball, we had the MLB draft last night. Uh, no surprise. And I guess this is a little bit of a surprise. Casey Mize going number one to the Tigers, the right-handed pitcher out of Auburn. Uh, 
everyone was saying he's the clear number one pick. Tigers made it kind of interesting when they were throwing out reports that they were they wanted a singler uh, from Florida, but uh, obviously they went with the guy who everybody knew is probably going to be a future ace, a guy who's going to come in to this Tigers rotation two, maybe three years from now and just dominate. He's dominated at Auburn um, the last couple of years. He's a guy who I think is going to be a future ace and is a guy who scares me as an Indians fan in the AL Central. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, the MLB draft is interesting because, like I said, it's a Tuesday. It's a Monday night it was this year on June 4th, and nobody really – you know, there's not much press going on about it unless you really are a big baseball fan. Unlike the NFL NBA draft where it's weeks of coverage leading up to it, you know, I think the NFL draft is really the pinnacle of all drafts that every every league should strive for. You know, it's a huge event, uh, but you get the baseball draft. It's small, it's quiet, it's in the MLB studios, MLB Network studios. Uh, you know, there's no fans around. There's only a cup, one or two players really go to the uh, actual studio. And it's small, and I think the reason why it's so you know small and not really covered is because of uh, you know it's going to take like I said two to three years for the number one pick to even reach the MLB at best. Uh, he's going to start in uh, single A and make his way up to double A, then triple A, then finally maybe reach the majors, then probably go back down to triple A and then come back up and hopefully stick there. But it is exciting if you're a big baseball fan. Indians had the 29th pick last night. Um, so I kind of had to stay up late and I watched that. Uh, they took Noah, uh, I can't remember his name, Joiner. Yeah, uh, he's a catcher out of high school. I will see what happens there. Won't see him for another couple of years. But um, there was a big story coming out of that, though, out of that draft, uh, which is surprising because not a lot of stories come out of the MLB draft, which was Kyler Murray. Um, if you don't know who Kyler Murray is, that's probably because of Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was a starter last year at Oklahoma. Kyler Murray is was the backup last year. He did see some action, though. He had a couple games. He's He was kind of their guy who would come in and give them a bit of a spark on offense because he was so dynamic as a runner at quarterback. He had three touchdowns last year rushing. You know, he was a really solid player for them last year, and that's surprising as he was a backup. but. He is expected to be the starter this year at Oklahoma, but he was chosen ninth overall by the Oakland Athletics. He plays center field for uh, Oklahoma's baseball team. He batted, I think, 300, low 300 last year. Um, obviously a stolen base guy. He's very fast, and you could see that in his football skills. But it's interesting because he's now got a choice. Do I sign with the A's or do I go um, the football route? And you know, it's cool because he can still sign with the A's and play football at the same time. He said he is going to start next year for Oklahoma, which is interesting because if he has a great year and he is slated to be, you know, a first round draft pick, it's I could see him going to the NFL draft. And then it, you know, becomes kind of a John Elway situation. Because if he goes to the NFL, he's going to probably play year one, year two, um, at worst, I guess. Um if he is a first round pick and if he goes to the baseball, there's no guarantee he reaches the majors. Um, so we'll see what happens. He says he still wants to play baseball. And there's obviously a reason why the A's picked him ninth overall, because they think he is going to play baseball for them. But 
it's a risk. And football is a very, very, very dangerous sport. You know, one play and this guy could, you know, never play again, never play sports again. And to waste, I guess not waste, use a ninth overall pick on this guy, it's risky. It's a high risk, high reward situation for them. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, like I said, he wants to play baseball and that he wants to play baseball. He said, you know, obviously the A's wouldn't have picked him ninth overall if they didn't talk to him and kind of um, gauged his interest in playing for them. And I guess they like what they saw because they took him ninth overall. But this is a very risky move by the A's because, you know, let's say next year he he goes off. He wins the Heisman like Baker Mayfield. He has a great year, which I think he can. Um, I've seen flashes of his tape. He he is a solid quarterback. So let's let's say he goes does that and he go, he plays really well. He's in contention for that number overall, number one overall pick in the NFL, where he gets a guaranteed contract, starts right away, can make a lot more money um, right away than he would at baseball. Um, and then it becomes a choice: Do I go, you know, play football right now, or do I go baseball and go sit in the minors for a couple of years with no guarantee that I ever reach the majors? So we'll see what happens there. A risky move by the A's, interesting move because you don't see these type of things um, happen. Uh, often. So also in baseball, we have Madison Bumgarner. He's going to be pitching tonight. Obviously it's Tuesday. If you're listening to us on 12 ounce, you know what happened in a start. I'm going to be watching this start on my phone. I'll be at the Indians game tonight, so I won't be able to watch uh, it live, but it's going to be very cool to see Madison Bumgarner. Who's one of the top pitchers in the league before he got hurt. One of the best up there in that Scherzer, Kluber, Kershaw conversation before he got hurt. Um, he's been hurt the last couple of years, a couple freak injuries with the ATV accident. But now that he's coming back, it's exciting. Like I said, he's on my fantasy team. Um, the Giants could really use his help. He's one of the best, if not the best pitchers when he's on his game and when he's healthy. So we'll see what happens. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, tonight. So tune into that, and uh, hopefully he plays well for my fantasy team's help. I picked him up. Uh, week one, week two, set him on my DL spot, waiting for him to just come back and add to my rotation in fantasy baseball. And I'm sure that's what the Dodgers, what the Giants have been waiting for too. Um, so that's it for baseball. We're going to move now to football. But before that, I wanted to remind you that our show is brought to you by D's Home Cuts. D's is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, D's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut and style. Truman and I have been getting our haircut there for the last couple of months, and we have never looked or felt better. Every time you go into the shop, you're going to get a professional cut. The cuts get better every single time because Deez is always upgrading his equipment, trying to find the best way to get you the best haircut possible. Uh, you can find Deez Home Cuts on Twitter at Dom's Home Cuts. DM him for an appointment, and trust me, you will not be disappointed. Or you can get an appointment set up through his Insta bio. You can find him on Insta at Deez Home Cuts. Uh, it's a very easy, very quick process to find a time. Go in there. Here's what you're going to get when you go in there. You're going to walk in there. You're going to walk down to his basement. You're going to enter the shop. He's going to hand you the uh, PlayStation controller. You're going to sit there. You're going to play Fortnite. Or you can listen to music. Or you can listen to TNT Sports Talk. Whatever you want. And he's going to give you a professional haircut for only $7. You'll never find a cheaper haircut. Ever. Um, I've been to a lot of different places. And these is the best haircut I've gotten. And it is the cheapest. So go ahead. Give him a try. Uh, if you're home from college, give him a shot, see what he can do. He's not going to disappoint you. Um, and 
Just give them a shot. All right. D's home cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So moving now to football, I want to talk to you guys about the Eagles. So the Eagles were supposed to go to the White House today, um, but I get they're not going anymore. Uh, the White House rescinded their invitation uh, due to a couple of players outspoken about the national anthem. Again, I hate talking about this, the national anthem, the White House. You know, I hate talking politics. This is a sports radio. I guess only about 10 guys were going to go. I know Nick Foles was supposed to go too, but there's a lot of big outspoken political, politically motivated people on this team. Chris Long being the leader of that Malcolm Jenkins, who I really like Malcolm Jenkins, Ohio state, but not only that he really, he protests in the right way. I think he doesn't sit and he doesn't kneel for the anthem. Um, and he, he really backs it up off the field. So does Chris Long. I'll give him credit too. He does back it up off the field. Um, through charity work and stuff like that. But I just, I don't really want to talk about this that much, but it is a big story, I guess. Um, it's, I think going to the White House is a bit of a, it's a privilege. Um, I think growing up as a kid, when I still had dreams, when I still thought I was good enough to go to the league, as we all did go to a league, you know, NFL, NBA, MLB, um, we all dreamed about winning that championship and going to the White House, you know, holding up. The, your, the jersey with the president and I don't that hasn't changed at all just because of the guy who's in there right now President Trump it's a privilege to go and it's an honor uh you don't see many other sports doing this the NFL I get it has had problems with President Trump in the past they've clashed um over the anthem but you didn't hear these type of stories when the Astros went to the White House um you didn't hear you know, a lot of, I guess you heard it a little bit with the Warriors. You didn't hear this, you know, from Nick Saban and their guys, because they just went, they showed up. A lot of the guys showed up, uh, they shut their mouth. They took their privilege. They enjoyed it and they went their separate ways and it was over. I don't know why we have to make this stuff a big story every single time. And I get it. A lot of it is on president Trump for kind of, you know, exploiting this story. Um, but I just don't think it's a big deal. Just as rude and as brash as this sounds, just close your mouth, go to the White House, get all your stuff, you know, get all the pictures and stuff like that and go. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to kill you. Um, in fact, I think it would do more help than it, I think it would do more to help than to hurt because, you know, you get a first hand first, you know, one on one basically with President Trump who could do a lot to help this country and it is doing a lot to help this country. Um, so not to get too much into politics here. I think it's stupid that the, that the Eagles don't want to go. I think it's stupid on the white house for kind of exploiting this, um, making this into a story. Um, I think it's, this should have just went off without us, without a big splash. I think people should have just went, um, and if you didn't want to go, that's fine. You don't have to go. He's not forcing you to go, but just go get your credit. Um, you earned it. You earned the Super Bowl win. Go and uh, then come home and just everything would be fine. But instead, the media, uh, the big networks, ESPN, Fox News, NBC, ABC, has got to talk about this for the next couple of days and just make this more into a big deal than what it is. So. I guess I just really don't really want to talk about this right now. I don't really want to get into it, but that's just my opinion. And uh, that's why you're listening. You know, you want to hear my opinion about this stuff.
So we'll move on to a bit of a lighter topic here. Uh, we're going to go light, then we'll go kind of sad again. We're going to start with the 32 teams and 32 shows with the Indianapolis Colts. So they were moving now to the AFC South, finished up the AFC East last week. Um, we're going to start with the Colts. Like I said, 4-12 and 12 last year. Uh, they fired Pagano. They hired uh, Reich. Uh, after kind of a crazy offseason dealing with Josh McDaniels, who pulled out the last minute, kind of a coward move on his part. But, you know, end of the day, he's not your coach anymore. So they got a Reich there. Um, and they've had they had a bad year last year. Four and twelve. They they traded for Jacoby Brissett, who I think is a very good player. I think he is has the potential to be a franchise quarterback um in this league. Uh he had a pretty good year last year even though they went four and 12 but this team is just if you go up and down the roster i was doing it before the show doing my research this team is not talented they don't have a lot of talent on this team and they didn't do much in the offseason in way of free agents to fix that they've actually lost more talent i think than they've added so we're going to go through here are the guys that they lost they lost john bostick one of their starting linebackers from last year they lost uh frank gore starting running back from last year. They lost Rashad Melvin, another starting corner last year, big key in that defense. They lost Moncrief, the, the, a pretty good wide receiver too for them. And then they lost uh, Jonathan Hankins, good defense alignment who's still a free agent. Don't know why. I think he should get picked up. Obviously a little Ohio State bias there. But, and then they added really two guys of, two guys that I think people would actually know. And Eric Gibran, uh, the tight end from Detroit, uh, who has who struggles with drops, but is a solid weapon when uh, on top of his game. And then you got wide receiver Ryan Grant, who signed with the Ravens but failed his physical, so he signed with the Colts. I guess they expect him to be the number two guy alongside T.Y. Hilton. Um, and then they had they had a decent draft. You know, they took the best player. I think the best solid. You know the best player who's going to come into the league and just dominate from snap one to step snap 10,000. That's Quentin Nelson. Um, He's going to shore up that offensive line, which isn't bad. They don't have a terrible offensive line Uh, in the past. They've had, you know, kind of shaky there, but they got some good talent on that offensive line and they added to it with Quentin Nelson. Uh, They took Deion Kane, a solid wide receiver from Clemson, a guy who kind of fell. Um, Be interesting to see what he does. He could turn into a good wide receiver too for them. Uh, And then they added Nylon, Hines, who I guess the running back from NC State, we talked about him in in our uh, sleeper show on running backs. He's a guy who they expect to be this year's Alvin Kamara, uh, kind of drafted in a later round, so comes in and just makes an impact from snap one to you know the whole entire year, which they need. They I was I was looking, you know, usually when a team loses a guy like Frank Gore, who I get it was older. They usually have a solid backup plan in place, but this running back position, I mean, their wide their running back one right now is Marlon Mack, who I don't think is ready to take a number one role. He was a rookie last year, and this team is just devoid of talent. I'll go through a couple of guys I think they do have talent with, um, and obviously we're going to get into Andrew Luck in a little bit, but T.Y. Hilton is probably, besides Andrew Luck, right now is the best player on this roster. Um He's been a really good wide receiver there for the last couple of years. Uh, they got Costanzo at left tackle. Uh, he's a very good offensive lineman, a solid upper inch, upper tier tackle. Maybe not upper tier, but close in this league. Um, they got, like I said, Marlon Mack, who is 
going to have to take a step up this year. He didn't have a good year. He had a decent year last year for a rookie, but I don't think he's going to have a he, I don't think he has the potential in him to be a good running back one next year. And then they have my guy, Malik Hooker, who's my favorite player on this roster right now, and I got made fun of the other day, but this is my show. I'm the only one here right now. I'm the only one in my room recording this on my mic, and I'm here to tell you guys, he is the next Ed Reed. He had a really good year last year before he got hurt. He had a great year at Ohio State. You know, I was so mad when he left um, because I just knew the type of talent we were losing. Um, you know, that wide receiver, that Ohio State, sorry, wide receiver, that Ohio State defensive back unit, that draft class um, included, you know, Lattimore and Conley and Hooker, who I think is the best player out of those three, which is crazy to say, because I think Lattimore is one of the top corners in this league right now. I think Hooker is a guy who's just going to come in and just shock this league like guys from Ohio State have done before, you know, Bosa, Elliott, Lattimore last year. So like I said, I'm the only one in this room right now. I get made fun of all the time when I talk about this. I think Malik Hooker shows the potential to be as good as Ed Reed was for the Ravens. He is a very good safety. He shows that, you know, when he runs up into the box and cracks guys at the line or when he makes insane interceptions, you know, last year's, um, I think it was a spring game. I want to say a couple years ago, the spring game, he made a one hit interception, which was crazy. Or maybe it was week one. I can't remember, but he is a guy who has the talent to take this defense to another level. I'm just going to say that. All right. And again, nobody's in this room right now. I can say whatever I want and nobody's going to make fun of me for it. But trust me, if you're listening to this, Remember that name, Malik Hooker. He's going to come into this next year. He's going to take off. He's going to upgrade this uh, defense who doesn't have a, doesn't have a lot of notable names. And he's going to turn them into a good defense just because of his skill. And then we got to talk about the guy who is going to make or break this season for them, Andrew Luck. We don't know. I have no clue what happened to him last year. You know, first reports of the season were draft him in your fantasy leagues. He's going to be back week two. Oh, he'll be back week three now. Week four, week five. Okay, he's out for the season. He's in Amsterdam looking for alternative uh, methods to heal up his elbow. So I don't know what happened there. I think this is a big problem for the Colts if he can't get on the field this year. Uh, he still hasn't thrown a football yet, and we're into June. I'm scared if I'm a Colts fan. I like Jacoby Brissett. I don't think Jacoby Brissett is has the level of talent that Andrew Luck has. If Andrew Luck is healthy, he stays healthy all 16 games this year. This cold team is not going to make the playoffs. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but they will be a lot better than 4-12. and Because him and T.Y. Hilton, you add Eric Ebron right there. If Marlon Mack can step up, if Hines can be a solid running back too, and Ryan Grant, I guess, and Deion Kane can be serviceable wide receivers, this is a decent offense. They got a good offensive line. And then you had you had Andrew Luck behind that good offensive line. And you had some solid talent around him. And I guess not solid, but T.Y. Hilton's really good. I think he's a top 10 wide receiver when he has Andrew Luck. Uh, <clears throat> this is a good offense. And then you had my boy Malik Hooker behind that. You're playing center field for him back there in their defense. This team could be better than 4-12. Uh, I was thinking about their record before record prediction. Uh, we'll say if Andrew Luck doesn't stay healthy, I think four and twelve, uh, five and eleven, is a good record for them. Good record prediction. But if Andrew Luck's healthy, I could see 
eight and eight and eight, give or take a game or two. I could see eight and eight, maybe being in that hunt for that wild card position all year. Uh, but we'll see. I don't think this is a playoff team just based on Andrew Luck's talent alone. They're going to need some more talent next year. That, that they had money to spend this offseason too. I don't know why they didn't go after big name guys, but uh, we'll see what happens there. So eight and eight with Andrew Luck. Uh, we'll go four and twelve. Uh, five and eleven without Andrew Luck healthy the entire year. Andrew Luck is the key for this Colts team. If I'm a Colts fan, I'm looking up stories every single day, waiting to see when Andrew Luck finally decides to pick up a football and throw it, because that's really important for them. <clears throat> so, uh, we're gonna talk. I wanted to say R.I.P. to Dwight Clark. Uh, rest in peace. He died yesterday of ALS. If you, everybody should, if you don't know who Dwight Clark is by name, you should know him by the one highlight, the catch versus the, the Cowboys in that championship game. I think it was 81. Uh, if you're any sort of football fan, you should know that highlight. Um, two-time Pro Bowler. Uh, Browns fans might know him because he was the GM there in the 90s, I think, uh, early 90s. Uh, it's sad to see him you know, go. He died of ALS. Uh, so hopefully send our prayers out to that family. Um, you know, he was a great guy, great football player, and it's sad to see him go. So moving now to question and answer. Uh, we got two questions here, and then I wanted to pose, if we, if we have time, I wanted to do another question uh, at the end. Uh, what should the 76ers do with Colangelo? Okay, Brian Colangelo, if you don't know, is the president of the 76ers. I don't think Truman talked about him last week. Um, because I don't know if the whole story was out yet. It came out that he was running a bunch of burner Twitter accounts. It was either him or his wife. Uh, I think he was directly involved in it. Uh, if you don't know what a burner Twitter account is, is where you make a fake Twitter without your real name and you just go on and mess with people, give stupid tweets. They're all over Twitter. Who knows who's running them? Um, but he was running, I think they said like six or seven and people are finding more like every day they find, you know, ones that could be connected to him. He's denied it. Um, even though it's pretty clear that it was him, uh, these accounts included tweets, you know, bashing players like Markel Foltz, uh, Joel Embiid, uh, Sam Hinkie, who was the, uh, president there the last couple of years who most people don't think should have been fired. Um, and I don't know what I would do if I'm the 76ers, but I think you got to get rid of the guy. If you got a, if you got a president who's openly bashing your players, um, that's there's no excuse for that, and I think he needs to leave right now. Um, I don't know why the 76ers ever got rid of Hinky. He was a guy who really I think is the main reason why the 76ers are where they're at right now. Um, this team is going nowhere but up now for years to come, and a guy like Colangelo on that staff on that personnel, there's no room for him. I think you got to get rid of him. I think you got to get. You gotta, if you want to win a championship, you gotta have a staff and a personnel and a front office that is fully behind what you're doing. And if he's openly bashing players like Embiid, you know your franchise cornerstone, uh, potential superstar. I that's very rare, and uh, that's very hard to say. And Markel Fultz, um, I think you gotta get rid of him. I think you just gotta cut ties with him uh, and just hire somebody new. Uh, Bring Sam Hinkie back. I don't know if he'd ever want to come back because you know how that ended, but that would be amazing. If, if I'm 76ers, I'm going all in on that, but there's obviously a couple good names out there you could hire uh, that are a lot better than Colangelo. So I'd say fire him. 
I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know why they haven't fired him yet. When that first came out and it was kind of confirmed, I would have fired him right away. But we'll see what happens there. Hopefully this doesn't screw up what I think could be one of the best teams for years to come with the 76ers. Um, and then we got another question uh, given to us by Shu. Um, he wanted to know who we think is going to be the NHL MVP for the Stanley Cup. And I'm not a big hockey guy. I can't really say uh, who I think it's going to be. I haven't watched every single game. Uh, I think Holtby is a good guy if the Capitals win. Uh, he's really stepped up. He had kind of a bad first game, but these last three games, he's really stepped up and kind of shut the door on that Vegas offense. But I think it would be really cool to see Ovechkin win it. Ovechkin has been one of the best, if not the best players for the last couple of years. And he's really been trying to get that uh, Stanley Cup uh, win. And if we could just, uh, and if they could, if they could win this, I think it'd be cool to see, you know, the NHL give him the MVP, uh, and that would kind of really close the door on any sort of hate that comes out against Ovechkin. So we'll see what happens there. I don't, again, I'm not a big hockey guy, so I can't really give you a clear answer in terms of stats and stuff like that, but I could, I would love to see Ovechkin win it. Uh, it would be really cool for the support of hockey, I think. Um, and then I wanted to poise this. This is kind of a free-handed question uh, that I got a couple hours before the show. Is why do people, why do players in the NBA, why do people, why do they hate Steph Curry? I, that's because I don't, I don't understand why people hate him so much. Uh, you know, I live in Northeast Ohio. I see all these tweets, like I mentioned earlier. You know, why do you guys hate Steph Curry so much? Why do Cavs fans hate him so much? And I guess the only reasonable explanation is because he's beat, he wins a lot. He beats you guys a lot, and I get that. But he is such a good player. He is um, a guy who doesn't get a lot of, who hasn't gotten a lot of credit for this Warriors dynasty that we're seeing unfold before our eyes. But he is the best shooter I have ever seen. And I'm, I'm only 19 years old. You know, I didn't get to see a lot of the uh, um, younger guys, a lot of the older guys, you know, who people put in this conversation. But Steph Curry is the clear cut best shooter I've ever seen in my life. Um, he doesn't do much to get all this hate that he receives. Um, you know, a story came out the other a couple hours ago by Business Insider who said that they don't that most NBA players hate him and don't like him at all. And I don't understand why. Um, you know, why is he so unlikable? And I guess, you know, Colin Coward was saying earlier, it's because he's changed the game, I guess. He's taking away positions, you know, centers are becoming more obsolete in the NBA. People aren't really looking for those tall, dominant centers like a Shaq anymore. They're more looking for the Steph Curry type guys who are you know, going to go out there and just shoot three after three and make three after three. It's insane. Um, and I really like Steph Curry. I think he's, I think he's a good guy. Uh, obviously he lost his cool last year when he threw his mouth guard, uh, in the finals. Um, but I just think he does, he gets a lot of hate that's undeserved. Uh, he's a guy who comes out, you know, night after night when he's healthy and just is like so fun to watch. He's so fun to watch. You know, you saw game one um, when he made that three before halftime was insane. When he's making those circus shot threes, it's great um, to watch. It's so fun to watch. Um, and I just can't understand it, why he gets so much hate from the NBA, from uh, NBA players, from fans. I get it, Cavs fans. I understand it, why you hate him. I would hate a guy who beats me, you know, three out of the four times. Well, two out of three right now, three out of four. 
maybe um, uh, in the next couple of days here. But I just think he doesn't deserve all the hate that he gets. Um, he's a good basketball player. He's a really good basketball player. And I think he's much, he's more than just a three shooter. He's a solid defender. Um, and he can finish at the hoop. He does. He, he can drive in and finish at the hoop. He's very good at that. He is a top five NBA player. And I don't understand why he gets so much hate. You know, they were saying earlier when he won the MVP a couple years ago, the only player that voted for him was James Harden. And that makes no sense because he's so good. He's, he was so good that year too. Um, but I guess I understand it. He's taking away positions like the center. They're becoming, you know, people don't really want, you know, a center in the middle, except I guess the Pelicans, they don't really, they're the only team that's kind of the outlier there, but teams really just want a good, you know, point guard like Steph Curry. Everybody wants a Steph Curry on their team. You know, Cavs fans would give up a lot. I go to say, even as far as anything besides LeBron to have him on their team because he's so good and he's, he doesn't do much. I get it. He does those cocky little dances when he makes a three, but I mean, if you made a three from the, the area that he makes them and you make those threes consistently, like he does, I would be dancing up and down the court too. It's, it's fun to watch. And he is one of the best players in the game. And I think years to come, once LeBron leaves, I think he's in that conversation. Top three, I think he's better than James Harden, um, and I think he deserves more credit than he gets. Okay, and it is it is confirmed that Andre Iguodala just came out a couple minutes ago that he will play Game Three in the NBA Finals. Sorry about that. He will play Game Three, so that's just bad news for the Cavs. Uh, they got to step up if they want to win this Game Three. Iguodala is just another great talent. Would be a starter on any other team in the NBA, but. You know, we'll see what happens now. I think it's I think it's over for the Cavs fans, but I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it's over. I said I think it's going to be over. So that's all I have for my sports headlines. I wanted to do kind of a new segment. We'll see how it goes. If you guys don't follow Mike Leach on Twitter, I recommend it. I recommend you you stop, pause the show right now. I'll give you a couple seconds. I recommend that you go on to Twitter and follow Mike Leach. Uh, he is one of the funniest Twitter follows you will ever find. If you don't know who Mike Leach is, he's the head head football coach at Washington State. He's a guy that me and Truman have just been in love with the last couple of years. He's so funny. Uh, he's really just a good guy, and his Twitter is just hilarious. So we wanted to do a new segment called uh, – you know, Mike Leach's Twitter. We're going to go every single Tuesday. I want to try to do it. I'll see what Truman says. Uh, he doesn't really know about this. We're going to go through a couple of the tweets that he's been tweeting and just talk about them. Uh, so we're going to, I'm going to go right into it. We're going to talk about the monkey uh, video that he tweeted the other day. Uh, I think it was like yesterday. He tweeted a kind of a uh, compilation of a bunch of videos of this monkey tackling just innocent people on the street. Uh, and then he tweeted the, also the other day, he said, raccoons are just weird cats. He's just he's just a really funny guy. You go onto his Twitter, you can see so much stuff. You know, he's just he's a retweet god. All he does is retweet, you know, different motivational stuff. But uh he's so funny. You know, he had the other he had the other day was one where he said, like, I've always wondered what giraffes look like when they're fighting. So here's a video, and he included a link to YouTube of some giraffes fighting. And if you want to laugh, if you want to, you know, 
take a day, take an hour or two, go on to YouTube and just type in Mike Leach. Look at the wedding video where he's explaining, you know, stuff about the wedding. Look at the video of him blowing on his coffee. It's so funny. He's one of the funniest guys um, in college football. He's one of those. He's one of those head coaches that uh, is kind of crazy, like Van Gundy from Oklahoma State. Um, so that's Mike Leach's Twitter. Uh, the monkey video, we're going to retweet it. And then also the tweet, raccoons are just weird cats. Which if you think about it, they really are. They're just cats who, you know, are just weird trash eater nocturnal things. Um, so that's Mike's Le- Mike Leach's Twitter. We're going to stick with that. I think Truman's, when Truman gets back, we'll stay with that. Um, but that's it for today. That's our last segment, Mike Leach's Twitter. Uh, we'll see what happens. If you guys like it, we'll keep it going. But that's it for our show today. We want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. We ask that you go on to iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review, subscribe, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TNT Sports Talk. We tweet every day before the sh- every day, um, every Monday and Wednesday, the days before the show. We tweet out the next guest. Um, you can find different things. You can find our show on there. Uh, all our Mike Leach's tweets that we're going to start retweeting now. You can find a lot of good stuff on there. Um, so go ahead and give us a follow. We follow back. Uh, you can find us tomorrow on 12 ounce. We will be playing from 12 to one Eastern. Uh, we are no longer on the grueling truth. A uh, couple things shook out over the weekend that uh, we decided to go ahead and, and uh, get stop uh, putting our content onto the grueling truth. Uh, so you can't, no, you can no longer find us on there. You can't find us on our SoundCloud though. We're going to start getting that uh, more. Uh, we'll start uploading more shows onto there. I want to thank you for listening to me today. Uh, you know, listening to me talk about sports for an hour, I I think is pretty interesting. But um, I think that I thank you if you've listened so far. Uh, won't do many more shows like this where it's just me or just Truman. We got some guests. Just the how the time kind of shook out today. It had to just be me today, and I'm glad that you listened to it so far. I hope you liked it. This is something. I really want to do, I really want to be, um, really want to grow this podcast. I really want to be, you know, one of these guys on TV, but, uh, I think this is a good start. So I want to thank you for listening today. Send me feedback, send DMS. Uh, the DMS are always open on Twitter or Instagram, uh, letting me know, you know, how I did, what I could do better, what we could do better as a show, uh, how we can grow this. Cause we do want to grow this into, uh, a bigger than what it is. And, uh, um, so yeah, just send us DMs. You can send us questions you want us to ask on the answer on the show. We'll answer anything from sports to entertainment to music to politics. I guess if you really want us to do that um, and uh, stuff about our life. So bring us anything. Uh, we'll answer it. We're always looking for different things to add to the show. Send us segment ideas, anything, and then tune in on Thursday. We're gonna have guest Stephen Handy. He's coming back on the show. He was on a, a month ago, month or two ago. Um, he'll be back. We do have guests lined up for the next couple of weeks, so you'll no longer, so you won't have to hear, you know, just me or Truman or just me, you know, ramble on about sports. Uh, I'll be at the Indians game with Truman later today. Indians Brewers, um, they got another two game series, so I'm sure you'll get some live reaction on Thursday because they do play Tuesday, today, and tomorrow. Um, so we get with some live reaction from that. Uh, and other than that, we want to thank you. Have a great day. Tune in on Thursday, and I thank you for listening.